Welcome to the Get to the Contest Small Business Podcast, a podcast for small business owners who are looking to drive profits, improve cash flow, save tax, and run a better business. When I was playing football years ago, my football coach gave me some great advice. Get to the contest and the rest of your game will follow. The message was clear. Focus on what's important and the results will look after themselves. Running a small business can be hard and full of distractions, so please enjoy the show as we help you to ignore the noise and focus on what you need to know so that you can get to the contest in your small business. G'day listeners, welcome to the show. Today we've got David Heenan from Lease Corp Motor Vehicle and Equipment Finance. Um, So Dave, before we get into the Get to the Contest Small Business Podcast topic of the day, which is about how to get finance, we're going to go through and ask you a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you, Warwick, for the uh, invitation up here this afternoon to have a little chat about uh, my background and uh, the subject of finance. I got into uh, motor vehicle and equipment finance some 28 years ago. I worked for myself, the business's lease corp, motor vehicle and equipment finance. We primarily finance vehicles and equipment and some weird uh, and wonderful product lines. So when you say weird and wonderful product lines, what's an example of uh, of one of the weirdest bits of finance you've done? Okay, about uh, 10 years ago, we got an inquiry for 500 portable toilets to go into Western Australia. Every other state in the country had very strict regulations about having portable toilets on site, except for Western Australia. So every builder in Western Australia, every major builder, had to put these toilets on site and we won the contract to uh, supply the funding for that. Uh, A messy job. (laughs) That's a lot of toilets and a lot of mess. What are the critical things that you focus on to become successful? So what's your version of Get to the Contest? Getting to the contest, I suppose, uh, you know, it's a pretty broad question. I think that... In order to be successful in your business, in other words, you know, maybe to win the contest, you have to be totally opaque, be honest with your client base, give them a fair product at a fair price and use a lot of empathy. Just make sure that uh, if you're in your shoes, how would you feel about what you're being sold or serviced or the advice you're getting? So really look after your client base. Everything else will follow if you're honest and uh, transparent. The success will follow. Perfect. Perfect. Now, off the back of that, what's the best piece of advice you've been given when it comes to your business or finances? To slow everything up. What happens, for example, with a purchase of a motor vehicle, people get emotionally involved. They imagine the car parked in their driveway. And quite often the first source of funding, i.e. a motor vehicle finance company, will be the most expensive, possibly the wrong product. So just slow it down, talk to your accountants. Very important to have your accountants involved in the transaction. They know what the best product is and that product can shift from lease to chattel mortgage to higher purchase. So keep your accountant involved and uh, just slow it down to you gather all the information. Have I bought the car at the right price? have a look at the funding at the right price, do your research and the right product will follow. How would you, um, 
how would you know if you've got it at the right price? Like, is that something you, that you or, or a, a finance person can help with? What we tend to do at no cost at all to the client is we send out a tender. So if it's a new Trotter Land Cruiser, V8 Sahara, we'll get a list of all the accessories. We'll send that out to 10 dealers without the client's name on it because we don't want the client being called by 10 dealers. We'll get the uh, price and availability back in of the, the vehicle. And quite often we will give the local dealer to keep work local where the, the purchaser's business it's is. More convenient for that. More convenient to say, look, this is the best price we've got. Can you at least match it? There's lots of benefits in keeping your purchase local. Sure. Okay, so slow it down. Slow the whole thing down. And that's to not only get the best price on the actual equipment you're going for, but also the best price on the, on the finance. finance yeah. um, what's the number one metric that you need to really stay on top of if you're going to service your clients well? The speed, me having said slow it down, once the decisions have been made, once the accountant says, yes, I'm really happy with that product, and the, and the client is actually delivering the product. In other words, getting onto the dealer, getting a tax invoice, getting the clients signed up, getting the car in their driveway for their neighbours to look at. Yep, beautiful. So once it's slow to make the decision, get that right, but then from Fast and perspective, delivery of the product. You really have to turn it around quickly. Otherwise, for your business's sake, uh, the deal can go to the you know, the, the motor vehicle dealership or other sorts Absolutely. of clients because we're in a competitive world. Yeah. So the key thing for your particular business is fast turnaround times. That's right. Yep. Mate, you're a busy man. What bit of technology can't you live without? My mobile phone. Now, my businesses and the banks and finance companies we represent are totally in the cloud, so I can operate from anywhere in the world using my emails, uh, Twitter, texting, you know, I know everything that's going on around me within my office environment from my uh, from your phone, from my phone, and yeah. it allows me to be out in the field, Warwick, seeing my client base. So I can quite often I'll leave a client, pull over on the side of the road in the shade, go through, look at what's happening, react, respond to that, and get on the road to the next client. Definitely, the technology now, as of twenty years ago, is phenomenal. And so you can even get through an app, whatever, get deals approved. Absolutely. Everything down to uh, any approval that comes through, payouts that come through. I can look at uh, my staff, uh, their diaries, to make sure that they're up to uh, where they should be within the time frame of the day. And uh, ultimately, this great technology means a faster, more efficient delivery for the client base. Now, Dave... You've been around for a while. You must have been a few different things that influenced your life. So is there a book or movie that's affected you personally or your business and has changed your approach to how you run your business? There is, Warwick. Uh, I've read every book that Richard Branson has ever put out. I've watched a lot of podcasts. And I love the model of his business. I love the way he treats his staff. Some of his business, uh, some of his businesses, they don't have set holidays. Their staff... When they're tired, when they're not feeling well, when they've got a family due on, they just don't have to come in. You know, they if you give back to your staff, give back to your customers, go over the top, in other words, in the way you, you look after everyone. Yeah, so 
not all rewards in a business should be financial. There's other rewards such as just letting your staff have a long weekend. So once a month, uh, my staff will have a long weekend. It allows them to get away from the business. We don't like them logging in or answering emails in their own time because what the electronic uh, systems now allows them to work 24 hours a day, wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and answer emails. They've got to get away from that environment and spend the time with their families. They're going to long-term give you and your client base a much better result by having their family balance. Yeah, so when they're on, they're focused rather than feeling That's drained it. because they're, Absolutely. they feel like they're always yeah. on. Yep. And I think there might be actually a thing in France where they're, they're actually made that a law where you, you kind of actually allow your, your team members to, to respond to emails or expect them to respond to uh, things all, at all hours of the day. So, That's right, yeah. Um, at 8 o'clock at night, and Richard Branson does this as well, at 8 o'clock at night I turn my phone off. That is my family time, and it's not turned on again until 6 o'clock in the morning. You've got to have the separation from your business. You're working to live. You're working to provide for your family. You're working to look after your clients, but you need that break. You've probably made some great decisions and some some uh, things that you've learnt by along the way. Uh, what advice would you give yourself from 20 years ago? When I was younger, Warwick, I used to be a little bit more hot-headed than I am now. And uh, if you get an email, for example, or a text that, spikes you that starts, uh, you know, the hairs going up on the back of your, your neck. I would, 20 years ago, react straight away, send back, fire the whole, uh, you know, situation up. Now what I tend to do, and it's taken 20-odd years to learn this, is to sleep on your response, wake up the next morning, absolutely guaranteed you'll be in a much better frame of mind. You'll, you'll respond appropriately and correctly and professionally. The other area is if you're in business, Warwick, is these Google reviews, any sort of review. Now, no matter how well you look after your client base, you're going to get positive and you're going to get negative reviews. Yep. Learn. One of the things that, common questions that I get asked all the time uh, from our client base and, and for people that are the small business owners out there that are listening to this podcast, they need finance. So small business owners, they want to go and grow their business. They need vehicles. They want to go supply some plant and equipment. They might want to go and buy 500 portaloos, as the case may be. Um, but it, it can be a complicated area. So with that in mind, can one of the sort of types of equipment finance that you offer? Warwick, uh, well, the most popular product we offer is a chattel mortgage, very similar to a high purchase. However, now in, in terms of uh, the best deductions, but majority of your clients, a chattel mortgage is the right product to go for. If you are contemplating purchasing, always, always go back to your accountant because sometimes, and for some reasons, you may or may not that product may not suit you. In terms of uh, making sure that you have good at good credit history, you don't default on loans. Unfortunately now, or fortunately for, I suppose, the banks, they share a lot more information. If you're behind in your home loan, if you've got tax debt that hasn't been addressed, 
it is all there for all the credit, all the finance companies to see. Now, yeah. the world we live in, everything's a lot more interconnected. Absolutely, it is. So the most vital thing, if you get behind or you don't think you can make a payment, your home loan, your electricity, telcos are the worst. They will list you as a default for $100. They will list you for $100. So, And correct, Warwick, disclosure, when you're giving your information to a bank or a financier broker, if you say your credit card's 20, they know it's 40 if it's actually 40 yep. because they can see the lot. It's as if you're dealing with the one entity. So honest disclosure of your assets and liability, your commitment schedule, it is actually very easy to raise up to $150,000 for a car with an ABN. If you're registered for GST, if you've got a good credit history, you've got some sort of asset in a property. Most banks and finance companies these days don't need any financials, but you have to keep your slate clean. Yep. So obviously they're, they're the, the, the dream type uh, deals that, that you can turn around quickly and get a lot. Um, so just to clarify, top couple of things that, and, and you've, you've touched on them, but top, top couple of things that will mean a finance company doesn't approve a deal. Okay. Uh, number one, if there's a default listed, even a telco default for $100 yep. will substantially inhibit the approval. So uh, slow accounts, not necessarily a default, just a slow account. If you're two months behind in your home loan, it's transparent. The other banks can see it. Right, so... Tax debt. Mm -hmm. Tax debt is uh, an absolute no-no in most cases with an approval. If there's there's not a good arrangement in place, a good solid sound arrangement that's being complied with, it'll kill the deal. Okay. So let's say that you're a small business owner out there and maybe you have, it could have been five years ago, or perhaps you, you were late paying or you defaulted on a $100 Vodafone bill and you didn't even realise it and you've now, you're going for your car finance. Is there anything we can do? Absolutely. There's credit repair agencies that'll go out and go into bat for you. However, most times and most of the, uh, the problems we have are telcos You've moved house, you forgot about your Telstra, your Optus bill, go and pay it. Yep. Show it as paid. If it's 100 bucks, 500 bucks, just go and pay it. When it's not paid, there's no deal. There's no, they want it paid, there's no excuse. They, for some reason, the banks don't like tax debt or telco debt. Let's say I was describing your perfect situation where you just knew you were going to get it across the line. So what would be an example of a small business owner that, let's say we're going to get a new ute, 50 grand ute, if they had the following, what, half a dozen things in place. Okay, so what, what they'd need is a, a current ABN registered for GST in 80% of the cases. If, if it's, uh, for example, a 30 grand car that your client warrants not registered for GST and there's a valid reason, you know, he's not making yeah. the, he's not he's making over the, the threshold. Over the threshold. Uh, good, clean credit. Good, clean credit, they will always do a credit reference. If you haven't had motor vehicle or equipment finance before, the approval conditions will come back, proof of satisfactory mortgage repayments, i.e. 12-month bank statement, 
if you can't pay your home loan, they won't lend you. They won't lend you money for a car. Yep. You know, so um, sure. Keep keep your nose as clean as you can. If you do get into trouble, it's not the end of the world. Talk to your bank. Talk to your finance company. Rather stick your head in the sand. Talk to the Absolutely. bank, and there's always a way forward. Yeah. If you do nothing, they'll just blacklist you, and you'll be you'll be on that. Absolutely, you will. And like in your industry, Warwick, every now and again you'll have a client that can't pay their bill, their accounting bill. They're with you forever. If they ring you and tell you, hey, I'm in a bit of spot, can I pay you $100 a month or whatever, that's exactly the way the banks will treat you. But if you just uh, hide from them, don't take their calls, the next minute you have someone on your doorstep, collection agency, and the costs are spiralling well above the initial debt. Yep. Makes sense. Yeah, so it's very easy to get motor vehicle and equipment finance up to $150,000 without financials. Once you go over that, they need to start looking at at your financial situation. If, for example, you haven't done your financials and you're two or three years behind, you're not going to get across the line above $150,000. So they don't need to come and see a good accountant. Well, that's right. And, uh, you know, if you're not prepared to back your business by way of, having your accounts done, how do you know where the ship's going if you haven't done the research, if you haven't done the navigation, Yep. i.e. doing your accounts? Yep, and, and how can you expect someone else to cough up some, uh, yeah, significant amount of money for a vehicle or some equipment finance if you can't even demonstrate well, that's right. that you can make the repayment? That's so, exactly right. Um, back yourself and I'll back you. So, and obviously there's some, and, you know, we, we've just, in our examples, we've been talking about a ute or a car, which I'd imagine you can do that with your eyes closed. You've probably done tens of thousands over yeah. the years. Um, there might be some other more unusual or some larger sort of finance numbers, you know, like things that become more difficult, like fit-outs or, or some unusual machinery, that sort of thing. Um, obviously, having a chat with you is, is a good place to start. But what else uh, would would a, would you be looking at to get those type of deals from across the line, like um, forecasts, that sort of yeah. thing? Yeah, okay. So we do a lot of very big deals, $2 million, $3 million pieces of machinery. Now, the bank are not going to dis- they're not going to part with their, their funds, their customer funds, without a lot of effort put in by the accountant, the broker, and the client. So for a $3 million deal, age, debtors, creditors, lists, um, bank statements for the last 12 months, commitment schedules, asset and liability statements, uh, ability to service excise, cash flow forecasts, you're not going to get the money easy, right? Us as brokers working very closely with the accountants. Most of my clients, Warwick, and we share a a very big client base together, they don't realise how much work we put into in the background, working phone calls after hours, getting these submissions put together, uh, always use a broker, always talk to your your accountant. A lot of people go in, they'll do a big loan and their accountant will find out after it's settled. And it's too late. And it's too late if we need to unwind a situation. You know, the accountants, and as you know, Warwick, most of our business comes by way of accounting firms. They tell us the way they want the document done, what securities, what uh, trusts to use. It's not just a matter of because I did it the last time this way, I'm going to do it the same the next time. Oh, well, definitely getting it in the right entity and the right 
uh, loan structure, absolutely critical, and, and that's where it, it becomes very hard to undo, very expensive to undo, and can be very costly. So always, always encourage uh, people to, to give their account a call. But let's say I've got an unusual, well, it might not even be an unusual one. We're going for some finance. Do multiple applications hurt? So I might say, all right, I'm going to go and apply with ANZ myself and the car dealership's putting in an application and then I might go and see Dave and he'll, he'll, he'll and surely one of those three will get across the line and that, that must be the best way to go about it is, is what would be ticking over people's minds. But is, is that, uh, is there anything wrong with that? definitely detrimental to their credit score. Why is that? So every time, it's an electronic credit score. Yep. The system is electronic. So every time you make an inquiry, the credit score actually drops marginally. If you make another inquiry for the same amount, it'll drop again. And the third time, it'll keep dropping. So banks look at an overall credit score of between 700 and 1,000. So you could lose, with three identical applications, you could lose up to 100 points on your credit score because they look at it as if, not that you're just shopping rate, that you're actually getting declined. Right. So if you've gone to three different financiers for the same amount of money on the similar dates, date range, it'll dramatically uh, affect your credit score. Do your research before you give anyone permission to put a home loan, to, to put any sort of a loan in. Do your research. Always talk to your accountant. Yep. And uh, off the back of that, then, I guess... It pays to pick someone, presumably someone such as yourself, and to make sure that they put in one detailed document with everything that the finance is going to need so that the deal will get across the line. It has its best possible outcome. If you don't put the work into the application, the lending officer won't put the work into the approval. You have to present it properly. We represent 21 different banks and finance companies. There's a lot more to it than just the best rate. There's payout penalties, Warwick, there's ongoing monthly fees. A lot of these dealer-based finance companies have very high termination fees and ongoing monthly fees, which none of the main line banks have. So what a car yard sells, Warwick, is convenience. Walk in, pick the car, drive out with it. And you get home and some of the excitement's wound down and your accountant eventually gets the paperwork and go, wow, you uh, just premium. paid a premium. You just paid 2% too much for that car. Rightio. And it's very hard then for us as a financier to unwind that contract because there's upfront penalties that the dealer-based finance company is going to... To pay. So once you're in, you're in, line, locked in. there's a penalty for breaking. As we said early in, Warwick, slow it all down, make sure your research is all done, deal with people that have got a good reputation... Most times, 10 out of 10, 9 out of 10, you can't go wrong. wrong. Alrighty. Um, now, just touching on that, you mentioned the dealerships, and we've all seen the ads, 1% finance on... on, on For example, right, Nissan. Nissan. Yep. So, yeah. now, that's incredibly cheap money. What What's the... You know, if, it's, if it looks and sounds too good to be true, it often is, but what's your experience? Okay, so... And it's not only Nissan. A lot of the finance companies, a lot of the K-Yards do it. Mostly it's to get rid of older stock. For example, right now, as we're doing this podcast, we're in the tail end of 2017, moving into 18. So dealers want to get rid of their 17 built vehicles. So they'll still sell them for retail, so you're not getting any discount, 
And what they will do, the product's called subvention. They will then, the manufacturer will give the finance company five or $6,000 towards your finance. So it does appear, Warwick, that you're getting 1%, but mm-hmm. you're paying full retail for the car. So you would be better off getting the five or $6,000 discount and getting your finance company, getting your finance from another a broker, a banker, right. another lender. So, okay, so basically you're paying more for the car. Of course you are. You're paying retail for the car. Yes, it's 1%. It's 1% on the retail purchase price. The other kick in the pants, Warwick, is if you're taking a residual, you're paying 30% of the retail price, not 30% of the discounted price on the vehicle. So uh, you'll never see some of the luxury car dealers do it because it really does crucify their product. One particularly, uh, one manufacturer can only move cars when they've got one or zero percent finance. So it doesn't look good. It's not a good product match. All right. You've given us some great tips. So how do I get a, you know, forget finance. If, If I want to get some plant and equipment, a bit of machinery or a car, When's the best time of year to do it? What are your tips? Okay, that's a really, really good question. So typically dealers at this time of the year, and you and I are talking in November at the moment, they are the yards are full of 17 plated vehicles. Now, January, December and January are great months to buy cars, particularly January. January, the business community is almost all uh, away on holidays. Dealers are desperate to make sales. They've still got all the fixed overheads in their dealerships. They want to move cars. I would actually say January is the best month of the year to buy a car. So I could expect to potentially get a a cheaper deal in January than I would in, say, October. That's that's exactly right. You know, if it's a 17-plated vehicle, January is when they really start to panic. The people aren't coming through the doors. Inquiries drop by up to 50 or 60%. Their uh, overheads are still there. They're desperate to move cars. Uh, you know, June used to be another another busy period for us, Warwick, when you could prepay leases, uh, you know, on your cars. But why should I go pick up the phone and call someone such as yourself as opposed to wander into the NAB and who I've banked with for 20 years and they'll give me a, hopefully give me a car loan? Very, very valid question. Uh, and an interesting question to to answer. So what happens when I negotiate with the banks on a monthly basis? We negotiate on four or five million dollar chunks at a time. You're coming in to the bank with 50 grand, wanting to borrow 50 grand. So the bank will bend over backwards to get our business as brokers. We do all the packaging. We present the deal. They don't have to do anything. Banks, traditionally, a lot of the managers are lazy, right? So they will quote you, even if you've been a 20 or 30 year NAB client, they will just quote you the rack rate. We go in and negotiate. We can almost always guarantee we'll be cheaper than the banks. You'll have it delivered in a much more fast and efficient manner because they just get thrown into a trade. It's on a national uh, rotating system where you may not get an answer for a week. We guarantee if it, the deal is what we call a tick and flick when you've just uh, got your ABN you're registered for GST, you've been a good client, uh, one of the finances in the past, you're approved that day. 
you know, we electronically send you documents. It, you won't get that service level in any bank. The banks love dealing with brokers because we do all the legwork for them. They just approve the deals. They're even settled now electronically, most of the deals overseas. So That's right. And work on a bigger loan, like a, a luxury motor car, for example, sometimes we can negotiate for a lower payout as part of a negotiation to get you back to the bank, we'll go, okay, well, we want a, we want a better payout for our client and they'll come to the party. You won't get that as a one-off just walking into your bank. Uh, there are wholesale and retail payouts and, um, you know, that has worked very well in the past. We'll say to the bank, look, well, we can get them back to you, but you need to sharpen your payout. And they will do it in some cases for the right client. Well, Dave... Thanks so much for, for sharing the wisdom of, of how brokers uh, go about getting getting funds for clients. There's a, a, a lot of good takeaways there. Um, where can people find you? Uh, social media? Um, what, just type Lease Corp Finance? Lease Corp Motor Vehicle and Equipment Finance. We're located on the Central Coast. Uh, type that into Google. They'll type find it into Google. That's and they'll right. find you. Yeah. And uh, look, even if it's the most silly question, whatever, you name it, we've heard it, we're here to help. Right. Even if you're not planning on doing it for six months, give us a ring. Come in for a coffee. Let's talk about it. And uh, you know, quite often, Warwick people are nervous about going to look at cars and equipment without a pre-approval. We do lots of pre-approvals for our clients so that you know when you're walking into the car yard, your money is already approved. And if the salesmen know that you're ready to go, right, they'll sharpen their pencil. They want the sale there and then. They don't want anything to inhibit it, such as you not having your finance approved. Right. So, and they're far more likely to give you the, the service and, and sharp pencil, as you said, than if yeah. you're just a tie kicker who's yeah. wasting their time and getting yeah. in the way of a real deal. Your salesmen don't like people that do their research. They want you to cross the fence, look at the car, come into the office and buy it. That's not the way you should do it. Slow it down, do your research properly, talk to us. I'll tell you if the car's too expensive. Uh, you know, we do 300-odd vehicles and equipment lines a month. We know what we're doing and we'll help you out. We'll use our 30 or 28 years of experience and pass it on to you to assist you and help you get the best possible outcome. Great. Great advice. Well, Dave, thanks for joining us on the Get to the Contest Small Business Podcast. And thanks, Warwick. Thanks for your time. I've really enjoyed it. Cheers. Well, there you have it. That was my chat with David Heenan, plant and equipment finance expert, talking about how to get finance for your small business. So I've got a few takeaways from my chat with Dave. Number one, Dave's get to the contest personal meeting for him. Um, It was basically being transparent and to put yourself in your client's shoes. So to make sure that your client is having a great experience and they're truly getting value for money. If you treat your clients well, you'll have an ongoing relationship. Another takeaway, number two, be slow and considered. Take the emotion out of any purchase and you're going to give yourself the best chance of getting a great deal. Be be prepared to walk away. So if you take the emotion out of it and you're prepared to walk away, but you're ready and you've got your ducks in a row, then you can move quickly when the opportunity presents itself. Number three, get bargains by buying last year's vehicles or last year's stock in the new year. Now, dealers are very keen to get rid of old stock. So if you're buying a, a plate that was plated, dated last year in, in January and February, that uh, you are going to get a far better deal because they're quite keen to move that 
at stock on. So great advice there from Dave. Really good time to think about getting a new car. Now, this one's important, number four. Multiple credit applications hurt. Get your work done, get your ducks in a row, get everything in order so that you've got it all together for one submission. If you go shopping around from bank to bank, broker to broker, each time you make a submission, you're just chipping away at your own credit score, your, your credit score and you will hurt your chances of getting finance. If you want to get a yes, speak to your accountant, speak to your broker, get it all sorted at the beginning. And finally, if you do have any finance and you're having troubles, communicate with your bank at all times or with your lender at all times. Sticking your head in the sand just does not work. So communicate with them, let them know you're going to be behind a month and you're just going to need some time, whatever the case is. It's far better than damaging your credit score, having your vehicle repossessed or anything like that. So just pick up the phone, have the uncomfortable discussion before things get out of hand and that will be the best way of keeping your credit score healthy for future investment. Well, they were my key takeaways about how to get equipment finance for your small business. We look forward to you joining us here for the next episode of the Get to the Contest Small Business Podcast. Bye for now.